I do something with this? Okay. Hi, my name is Cass. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, um, Michael. Thank you for asking me to be of service. Um, let me just qualify. Um, I have been coming to these rooms a little over nine years, and I currently have eight years and about three months of abstinence. And um, that is, and I've given away and maintaining about 25 pounds. So those are the stats. Um, so uh, just stick to the format that I learned is what it used to be like, what happened to change me, and what it's like today. Um, long time. <laughs> um, I guess what I want to share is a long time ago, I figured out all on my own how I could use food to fix me. And... Um, It just—it was just my instinct to go to food, and I, the way I can describe that is, and the way I've shared that is, ever since I can remember, when I was a little kid, I had this thing in the pit of my stomach, and and uh, it scared me. And what I learned how to do through my own experimentation was, um, through certain like strange concoctions of food, it took that thing away from the pit of my stomach. And uh, that's exactly how it used to be, and what happened was it just got progressively worse. And I've come to find out today that what that was in the pit of my stomach was just is fear and anxiety. And um, if you'd asked me if I was an anxious, fear-based person nine years ago, I would have told you no way, because the way I was was I just I was able to take the edge off this thing in the pit of my stomach to numb it out you know I guess I recognized it early on and then it was my job to kind of keep it quiet and that's and I was able to do that and really successful in doing that from a really young age and I didn't even know what that was I just knew that I had to get rid of that thing and that's as far as it went I didn't sit and really think about it I just took care of it so (laughs) that's what I learned from a really young age being very self-sufficient in starting by quieting that thing and then being very self-sufficient in all the other areas of my life because um, I thought I had to be. And and what happened was that thing just got more and more complicated of trying to quiet that thing. And um, it started off by me being able to... Uh, oh, what I need to share, too, is from a very young age, uh, me eating the stuff I needed to eat, most of it, except at mealtime, was in hiding. And um, nobody taught me how to do that. I grew up in a big family. I'm one of seven kids. And um, I didn't see anybody else going to the lengths that I was going to to get what I needed without anybody else seeing me. And um, that's just part of my story, this, like, secretiveness. And uh, I don't really need to figure it out, but it kind of came to me years after being in this program that what that was about for me was... uh, She saw me doing what I did with food, with particular, like... When I was young, we didn't have a whole lot, and I mixed, like, strange concoctions of stuff together, got it, finished it, you know, came back out and looked like I was fine without anybody else seeing. So I I went to a lot of effort to do what I needed to do um, in this place without any real privacy. Um, And I needed to do that. What I think that was about was, oh, my God, if you see me doing what I do with food, 
then you're going to figure out what I've already think I figured out is that there's something really wrong with me. You know, that part of me that felt very broken, kind of the part that felt like she missed the boat, you know, like I just kind of didn't get that rule book on life. You know, like I just that kind of thing. I thought if you saw me doing what I did with food that you would you'd, you'd see how I felt. That's how, what it was. And um, so I went to any length for people to, you know, I learned in my environment uh, to make it look as if you're fine all the time. And so I olympically trained in being fine all the time. And uh, I had it down pat from a really young age, you know, mostly because I felt like it kept me safe. And if you didn't, if people in my environment didn't see how I was feeling, then I'd be safe, you know, because I, I just didn't feel safe. So anyway, that's where the, my secret eating started. And I ate my meals with my family, and then I did my other thing off on my own. And um, it got more and more complicated because... As you tend to grow up, it tend, life gets a little more complicated. And when I got off on my own, um, and I had my own wheels and my own way of getting what I wanted, uh, it got even more complicated because uh, it was just about I had a lot of focus on how to get rid of this thing in, in my stomach. And um, so anyway, that's kind of that's how it started. And all I need to say is it progressively got worse. And I was so baffled by this thing with food because I was sure I just had a food thing. You know, like I just had a food problem. And why couldn't I figure out this food problem? And because and, I had, you know, I was, uh, when I went out on my own, I got a job. I held a job. I, I was progressing in my, in my field. And I just had this food thing I had to do all the time. And um, I wasn't able to let anyone else see what was going on. And so I did my own little self-study a lot for a long time to figure because I really thought that if I figured out the right thing for me and uh, I heard somebody share you know it was that thing about if I found the right thing then I'd feel completed you know then I'd feel filled up from this stuff in the pit of my stomach and I tried to use food to fill that thing in the pit of my stomach and uh, you know what it was was as I said it was it was my fear and my anxiety and um, what ended up happening was I was living one way on the outside, looking to you as if everything was fine. And on the inside, it was really, I really felt quite devastated. You know, it was like kind of quiet devastation, but it was, it was devastation. And this crazy making thing of showing up and putting on one look and then, sh and then going home and then, you know, and then dealing with how I really was feeling on the inside. And... And that just continued, and I could not figure out why I was struggling in relationships, <laughs> you know, because I'd let you come so far, and then I had to draw the line because uh, my strategy for life was when I got uncomfortable, I pulled out of the game of life, and I wanted to just take the edge off, you know, with food. And and it's just, as I said, it just got more and more complicated. And, and, um, and again, I was sure I just had this food thing. So anyway, time went on. I was playing my game, trying to just self-will myself to muster up the strength one more time, you know, to make it look like everything was fine. And uh, what ended up happening for me now in hindsight is, uh, you know, my experience is that God works through other people. And that's why I need these rooms. That's why I need to be reminded, you know, about God in, in other people and Somebody who I have really no other bus no business knowing, <laughs> except I worked with her, 
asked me to come support her one night, something that was really important, and uh, I ended up in an OA meeting watching her step up for her first 30 days, and um, it blew me away because I didn't know this program existed, and I thought, oh, my God, you guys all found out about me. <laughs> And that's why I met, you know, and and it, I was overwhelmed because it was the first time I had heard somebody share honestly about what they used to do with food, what that something changed them and that they didn't have to keep doing that thing that they were doing. And my experience was that the more I tried to will my control of my food, it, it's like the more baffling it got, you know, the, I'd swear off that night that I wasn't going to do the very thing I just did. And by the next morning, I was, you know, an hour after I woke up, I was doing the very thing I swore I was never going to do. That baffled me because in other areas of my life, you know, it seemed like, you know, who knew it at the time, but like my plan was working in other areas of my life. And the more I tried to control this thing, the worse it got. So here I'm sitting in front of a room full of people telling me what they used to, the same things I used to, crazy things I used to do with food, um, and being honest about it, and, and talking about how they felt, you know, where I came from. You, we didn't, it was private. What you felt was private, you know, and you keep it to yourself. And so, um, anyway, that's part of what happened to change me, because I left that meeting with hope. That's the only thing I knew I left with. I didn't understand you guys, I didn't get what you were talking about, but I got that you had something that I wanted. And so I've been coming back ever since. And um, and I found, the way I started was, I, I found a very structured way of eating when I started. And that it, that worked for me initially because what ended up happening was I started having three meals a day, and then I started having some life in between. And um, that it was new for me because my life got really big really quick by having just three meals a day and abstaining in between meals. And um, what happened for me, and this is a, 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 I needed a couple of series of this to kind of get what was going on, was at about in this. We, there was a focus on 30 days, once you got your first 30 days of abstinence. And a couple times I got to 28, 29 days, and um, my life was getting so big that uh, I was absolutely overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. There were people in my life. I was sharing honestly about what was going on with me. I was talking about my feelings, and I wasn't eating over them, and I was, like, <laughs> I was overwhelmed, without a doubt. Um, it's a lot to do all in... 30 days, <laughs> and you never talk about yourself, and then all of a sudden this is start, you know, sharing what the truth was, and um, so what I need to do is I got so overwhelmed, I need to eat again, you know, that's all I knew, I knew that what I knew was when I felt that anxiety kick in, my solution was to check out, and then I'll recover when I decide to re-entry, and I'll come back, and then we'll start over again, but that's what my, that's what was happening, I was pulling out, starting over, pulling out in my life, you know, and in relationships. And, um, you know, that's the biggest thing that suffered for me in this disease is, is relationships with other people, you know, just normal relationships, intimate relationships. I just couldn't stay present long enough, you know, because I couldn't be present with myself. So um, that's what happened. And then as that happened a couple times, I started to realize, you know, it, it was a big thing for me because I think the bottom line of that is I just didn't want to take responsibility for my, you know, for, for me and show up for me. And um, that's when I finally got that the next indicated thing to do is get a sponsor. 
and not trying to figure this thing out on my own because I'm self-sufficient, you know, give me the materials and I'll go <laughs> study them and um, I'm very diligent that way, you know, and it turns out it, doesn't, it didn't work that way. So I got a sponsor and um, I let myself be led by somebody else who'd walked in front of me. And um, that's when I think things really began to change for me because fellowship for me is an amazing thing, to be honest with another human being, but the... Um, Starting to work this program of action, which are the 12 steps, is what I needed to focus on because I didn't have any tools of how to do life on life's terms. My terms were when I got uncomfortable enough, I'll either check out with food or I'll do some other self-destructive thing that, you know, pulls me out of the game of life. And um, so I started working the steps with a sponsor's direction. And... I had no idea, this is a fascinating thing about step one, is that I knew I was powerless over food because I had tried all my ways to try and manage my food, and it talks about it in the big book, you know, like, only have one of these, only have one of these in the morning, only have one of these every Sunday, you know, like, I got how I tried to manage my food, and it didn't work, so, um, but I had no idea how unmanageable my life was, and this is the interesting thing that the longer I'm in program the more I realize how unmanageable life is and I think that's like a it, the way this is divinely inspired this program is that I didn't need to know how unmanageable my life was when I first came in because I think I would have run hard and fast and never come back you know I, I just didn't need to know that I need to know I was powerless over food and that was enough and um, you know now the fact that my life is unmanageable a little easier to deal with than it was but um anyway the hope as i know that there's a solution here and so um i began this program of action and um you know i never had a problem believing that there was a power greater than me i just did not have a clue how i was supposed to connect with this power um you know, I thought, am I supposed to, like, sit in the corner and figure this thing out? I, had, I just didn't know how to connect with this power. Um, what I was introduced to as a kid, I, I didn't really understand. Um, and actually, I was honestly quite, like, afraid of this concept of a power greater than me. And so um, I didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't – I hadn't figured it out up until now, so I needed – you know. So anyway, I got led that there's – there's about ten pages in the big book that – we agnostic. It tells me exactly how I can find this power, you know, and this power is deep down within every human being, and it, it clearly tells me, you know, how this can happen, and um, I, that was very comforting to me to read that, and to realize that I could have my own conception of a power greater than me, um, was, it, it was just very, very comforting, and the other thing that I was told is that I didn't have to figure anything out, that my... Um, developing this relationship with the power greater than me was was absolutely by just taking one step after the other next step after the next step and through this these simple but not easy things that we do um, I would develop a relationship with this power greater than me that I didn't have to figure it out I didn't believe that but <laughs> but it's been my experience that that all I need to do is take direction you know and um, so, yeah, so anyway, so what happened for me next was um, 
this idea of taking an inventory that talks about um, in program is taking an accurate self-survey for me was is absolutely necessary because I did not have a clue how I was being out in the world. You know, I mean, my only concern was for me to get comfortable, you know, and take the edge off. And I had no idea how I was being out in the world and, and why I was struggling in relationships and why when things went wrong, my first solution was, you know, just to check out. And as it turns out, you know, I, get to, I got to see through now several inventories in like really repetitive ways how I function um, out in the world. And, and I realize now, I, I mean, I must have been a big mystery to a lot of people you know, I was in relationships with because I see what I do now, you know, and I continue to get to see what I do. And, uh, you know, a lot of it's not pretty to look at, but because I get a chance to look at it, I get an option to do something different today. And when I got here, I had no options. I mean, my option, the only thing I had was looking good and feeling lonely, you know, and empty and a little bit devastated and trying to keep up the look. And what I found is I have little patterns that I do in relationships, for instance. I don't state what I need and what I want, and then you don't provide that. <laughs> and then I get resentful because you should be knowing what I want and what I need. And then what happens is if it's big enough and bad enough, I just cut you out and I'm already, I'm with you, but I'm already gone before you know I'm gone because I'm defending myself and that, you know, whole different varieties of that kind of thing. And what I learned is, um, you know, it's all these instincts that, that our literature talks about, they're instincts gone astray. I like that. It's a little kinder. <laughs> But they're, they're, I take defensive postures, you know, because my truster was, a long time ago, my truster was broken. So I take these postures that may be like a normal instinct, and I take it either this way or that way to defend myself, you know, because I, cause I'm afraid. And that's who I, you know, that's, I'm wired that way. I have a lot of fear. And uh, so that's why I do these things. You know, and I realize I don't state my case. Like, I don't state what I feel or what I think. And, um out of fear of rejection and you know rejection means then you're going to leave and then I'm going to be left alone and that's my bottom line fear you know so there's all these patterns that I realize that I do that um, block me from me block me from you and block me from God and they after a long book long inventory and the same thing coming up over and over and over again you know I need repetition because I can get in denial and justification and rationalization, and um, I see that I do these things. So I did this thing. I read this to somebody else. I had no intention of ever reading my stuff to anybody else. Um, that blows me away, that I told the truth about everything that I felt, you know, shame and fear and all those things about. And the person looked at me and just, yeah, that's what, that's what we do, you know, and I, it blew me away, you know, because I think that's the first, like, I felt like I entered the human race that day, that I told somebody 
what was really going, what what I really did. You know, this is the truth. And they just shrugged their shoulders at me and said, yeah, uh, like, let me share some things that, I, you know, that I've done. And and that that was that was it. You know, and I lived in this just fear of, you know, rejection, you know, that I wasn't going to be able to tell you what was really going on. And that changed me. That day, that changed me. I could tell the truth to another human being, and I wasn't going to get judged for it. And I got unconditional love. Uh, that blew me away. And, um, you know, so I'm learning little by little how to tell the truth here and how to ask for help. But it's all these, it's all like, it can be big things or little things that I don't talk about, you know, and we put, it says in these rooms, we're as sick as our secrets. All that little stuff, you know, that happens in everyday life, when it all gathers together and it keeps building for me, that's when I want to check out. That's how this thing all relates back to food is because I, I don't know, you know, I didn't know how to live life on life's terms. And um, when something's not going, I mean, my instincts are I want to control people, places, and things. And when I can't do that, I get agitated. And when I get agitated, I had an automatic response to check out. So, I, I, you know, I need to learn how to deal with life. And uh, the fourth step and fifth step helped me. And then I get to look at my behavior, you know, and, and, and look at my behavior. And it's so it was so hard for me to sit still and look at all those things, you know, that you know that that's how I had to cope. And um, and then ultimately take responsibility for them. But I have to say at the same time. Well, I'll share a couple experiences with my ninth step, which, you know, my understanding of the ninth step today is that um, I get to take responsibility for my actions and um, and try and just make it right. And the bottom line is to not repeat the behavior again for me. And, um, for instance, I'm working, I just finished an eighth step, and I'm, uh, in my ninth step, I have this amends to make to this, this particular ninth step, I have an amends to make to this one guy, and then I have a lot of amends to make to me. And this one amends that I have to make to this guy, it's like just thinking about making this amends, I, I am almost 99% sure I'm not going to repeat this behavior again. Because first of all, I do not want to make this amends. It's, I'm so uncomfortable already thinking about making the amends, and I haven't, I'm not even on my ninth step. But, um, and this happened to me the first time around. I stalled on my eighth step because I got so afraid. Because um, it was, my fear was based in, you know, what are you going to think of me? Not let me set this straight and let me take responsibility for my behavior. And so anyway, I have to, I know I'm going to make this amends. Um, but, ugh, I, and, I, and, I, and just that, like, what a thing. I don't think I'm going to repeat this behavior, God willing. Um, and then I have a bunch of amends to make to myself, which are those things I told you are my patterns of what I do, you know. And and um, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. It took me a while. To, I was a fidgety for about two weeks because I I get my sponsor gave me very clear cut instructions and about how to do this. And I on a card I write who it's to, so it's me. And then or if it's somebody else, I write their number and I write exactly succinctly what the amends is. And so it's. or in an airport or something so you know I'm, I'm prepared 
Um, but I was really squirrely for about two weeks because it's still, and I, and I was talking to someone on an outreach call today, and it just fascinates me. You know, I know I've had some time here that I realized that when I take these actions, I feel better, you know, and I am better, and I get a chance to be present when I take these actions. I don't know which actions help me get present and which actions help me feel better. So, like, I need to do, you know, all the actions. But when I do them, I feel better. And my resistance to doing them sometimes, it's, it still baffles me. You know, it's just like the food baffles me, me sometimes not wanting to take the action to feel better sooner. It still baffles me, you know, but my experience is that pain or anxiety or fear usually is what needs to get me rolling. I'm looking forward to making these amends to myself because, and, and I'm instructed to, uh, I schedule a time with myself and show up for myself and take time going through each one, you know, because my, my, my MO is I get busy really quickly so I don't have to feel. I don't have to eat today to, you know, check out and de be disconnected from my emotions or my spirit. I can just get busy. And uh, it's pretty, works pretty good until, until I wipe out, you know. And, and um, for me, I've actually had that experience, you know. My body's always showed up for me in all kinds of ways. And uh, then about four years ago, my body wiped out. And, and that was, you know, God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Um, I've, you know, I've learned in this program that it's a three, we have a three-pronged deal. And... Um, I always addressed it physically, you know, and my, my a friend and I, we talk about it, it's like, you know, like a, and if you have more tripod, you have one of those primes, tumbling over, you know, and so that's my check today, you know, like if I'm tumbling over, I have to look, you know, it's physical, emotional, and spiritual, and um, by working these, these, these steps, and taking these actions, it, it covers all those things. You know, I don't know how of myself to cover all those things. So, you know, I just show up and keep doing the do. Um, what else do I want to share about? Um, so now I, my experience is, um, because of the way my head is wired and the buzz that goes on in my head all the time, um, I'm now aware of it. Like, I actually have moments now where I'm removed from the way this mechanism works. I wasn't before. I had no idea. But um, because of the way it works, I found that, you know, I need to stay up to date on what's going on. And, and after doing those steps, I talked about four through nine, you know, I get to be present. I get to be, I get to see you. I should look at you in the eyes, you know, and have a ch have a chance of connecting with God and so on a daily basis I do um, need to check in because some days I just go and I pack my day full because I you know probably because I don't want to feel something and then the, end, the day's over and I'm you know I could just as well unconsciously kind of go to bed and, and then stuff the way it works for me is it just gathers and gathers and gathers and then I get you know eventually if I'm not looking at it I get to some kind of breaking point and then I want to snatch my will back and take care of it because the anxiety is up too high. So um, it has helped me to do a 10th step at night. And the way that I do that is I usually write um, five things of, that I'm grateful for that I that went well that I did well today. Just to, because my head is very um, 
how would you call it? <laughs> it's tough on me. And so it's a good way for me to start that way. And then um, now I usually write my food down at night, and it's not a good day when I don't remember what I ate that day. <laughs> I mean, typically that's, that, you know, I need to just get honest with what I'm eating in case I'm in trouble with my food. And then I get to, and then I write, uh, I use those initials in the big book, um, RSDA, just for me to see where am I resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid. For me, it pretty much boils down to those four things. If I'm having trouble in a day, it's mostly resentful and afraid. Those are the two things that I um, can get a little unconscious about and minimize. And, and those are the things that creep up on me and um, make me very rest, restless and irritable. And so I get a chance to look at those things at night and then talk about them you know, with my sponsor if, uh, if, if my writing doesn't you know, help me with that. That has been really helpful for me because the concept of waking up in the morning, like with a clean slate, is so amazing. Because I used to wake up with like a little private like dread of like, how am I going to do the day? I already felt obligated, you know, like I already woke up with a sort of a negative sheet. And uh, today that's not the case. Today I get to wake up and sometimes my that head is going, but, you know, then I get to take action and do my little morning ritual which gets me going, and, and it rewrites me. It reminds me today. I have such amnesia, you know. If I go away on a trip or a vacation, you know, I think I'm not a compulsive overeater, you know, because I'm away from the rooms. I'm in a different place. I should explore a little more. <laughs> and, you know, somehow that I can think that means with food. And um, so I need, uh, you know, this, it, I'm just reminded. That's why I need to be in meetings. And, and I'm at the point now where... Uh, I guess where they say like the road gets narrower and old behavior is is not working for me anymore and um, I'm I'm smiling because <laughs> it can be frustrating um, for old behavior not to work anymore but you know it's that thing of being caught of going far enough along that there's no going back and and I'm really grateful for that but um, it's not always easy because you know change is is hard for me and <laughs> and uh, I'm very attached. And very committed to old ideas, really old, old ideas. Um, a lot of them that were never mine to begin with, but I adopted them, and I stayed committed to them even when I went out on my own and I was, you know, independent. So that's what I got to learn from my inventories that I have a lot of old ideas and a lot of old rules for me and for you. <laughs> and that gets me, a, you know, it sets me up because if you don't follow the unwritten rule. I do that whole pattern that I talked about before, and it's a tough way to live. It's a really tough way to live. So, um, so anyway, I have a little uh, a way of doing uh, for me to connecting with my higher power that is become very practical, and that's what the, the big book says. You know, we should this connection should be very practical. I need a really practical connection with a power greater than me all day long uh, because I don't have any power to do all the things that I want to do. And um, I found that very comforting. And, it, and a matter of fact, now I, I, I can't think of the last time I went without that because I can't go without that connection structurally in the morning and at night. Um, if I think back a long time, and if I didn't do it, my day invariably is different. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm in my willpower. Things aren't going right. So um, that's a commitment I have. I have a commitment just like any other. Re I was taught this is a relationship. And just like any other relationship, I need to spend time 
practically with this power that I'm trying to, you know, trying to connect with. And um, um, I have a nice connection today, and it's growing. And I have a lot less expectations, and I am acknowledging how I put human limitations on my, on my higher power. And then I periodically get asked by my sponsor, you know, is my, is my idea of my higher power large enough to take me past where I am today? And sometimes I answer yes, and sometimes I answer no. And then I need to, you know, do appropriate things to get that back in check. Um, so, and the other key for me is I so get that I was not given this amazing gift to, you know, go off and do my deal. You know, I the only way I get to keep that is to give it back. And... Uh, and so I keep my hand in my sponsor's hand, and I keep my hand in my sponsor's hand, and that keeps me here. You know, otherwise, I'm floating back in my old ideas, and it causes me a lot of, it causes me a lot of pain. So um, I stay connected, and I work with um, these women, and it's a joy because, uh, you know, invariably I get to hear what I need you know, on a daily basis working with these people. And I get to share just my experience, strength, and hope, and I don't have to come up with any great ideas. I just need to share. You know, I don't think I've had that experience. You know, I learned that in these rooms. Oh, my God. It's such a freeing thing to say, you know what, that's a good question. Let's see if we can find out. I had such a sense of obligation before that I was supposed to somehow know the answer to something I hadn't had experience in. And so... um, it's very freeing and and it allows me just to be more authentic and just share my experience, strength and hope. And uh the fascinating thing about this thing is that we carry each other. You know, it doesn't matter. We all have twenty four hours and it doesn't matter and we all get to show up and carry each other and just share what works for us and leave the rest and do what we what we need to do and that it's just it's it's an amazing way that this program works. Uh, okay, so let me just see if there's anything I want to share about what's going on today. Um, yeah, I well, I feel like I pretty much checked. I feel I feel pretty present today. You know, I. That's the gift of this program is that my instincts are to try and uh, solve my own problems. And I'm a really, I love problem solving. (laughs) And it's a good thing, you know, professionally, but uh, it's not a good thing. Uh, It's very, my disease can get mixed in with my problem solving. And um, what I'm learning on a daily basis today, particularly recently, is that I need to share about what's going on in the moment. Not go home, figure it out, and then come back and tell you guys last week I was going through this thing. You know, that's my, that's my self-sufficiency. And that's me cutting not just you out, but God out, you know, until the thing gets resolved. And then I come back. And that is, this, you know, I've dealt, I've done that, this roller coaster ride uh, um, of, of doing that. And it just, that's one of what I was referring to before, one of my old behaviors that's not working anymore. And um, it's, you know, it's great. It's as uncomfortable as it is, it's great because it, 
you know, I get to be human and I get to show my vulnerabilities today. And that was not happening nine years ago. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I guess that's that's all I want to share. So now, do I read something here? Is it okay? So now it's time to take questions. If anybody has any questions? The question is, if I get stuck on my eighth or ni- eighth or ninth step, what are what are the actions I take to get myself rolling, moving forward? Okay. Well, since I definitely have this experience, what I've done more recently, as I said, as I can ask for more help, is I felt myself getting really squirrely, and after a couple of days of staying really busy, I realized that what this thing that I need to do was probably directly related to my squirreliness. So I made outreach calls, and I committed in my outreach call that I'm feeling this way and that I, I'm going to sit down, and I'm gonna, I had to make about three calls before I felt fully committed to my commitment, um, that I'm going to sit down and at least sit with it. You know, I don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I'm going to sit down and do it. And uh, through those outreach calls, I get to share my fear, and other people could relate to me, and there's this fascinating thing that happens for me when somebody else just can relate, that I'm not the only one out there with this, which I think my head tells me I am. It did allow me, I just sat down and pretty much got to, you know, because working with my sponsor and my six and seven, through my fourth step, fifth step, six and seven, I pretty much knew what the things were. We talked about them back then. So it was just me sitting down and committing it to paper where my fear comes up because it makes it really real. Um, so I just sat down and I prayed. I saved the set-aside prayer before I do any of this kind of writing. You know, God, let me set aside everything I think I know about the eighth step and the ninth step that I might have an open mind and a new experience. And I sat down and, and it, they pretty much came out. You know, they pretty much all came out. And and then I, I was just getting over that initial part. And to answer your question, yes, I write specifically what I'm going to say because... W- a long time ago with my writing, I can just go off, and then I just get distracted, and I'm writing about stuff that's not what's driving me crazy. It's the thing like in a meeting where I talk, talk, talk. I'm like, the thing I don't want to talk about is this, and that'll be the last thing I talk about, you know, because I hope the time runs out, you know, or something. Just that's the way. So anyway, I write pretty – it's usually a line or two, and then my sponsor has me add on the bottom reminding me that it's about making it easy on them. So uh, – the rest of that process is when I contact them, I ask them, do they want to meet in person? Do they want to do it over the phone? Or do they want to, you know, can I contact them in writing? Because it's, to, it's not to make it uncomfortable for them, to make it easy on them. And then at the end, I ask, is there any other ways that I've harmed you that, you know, that I'm not aware of? And I get to say that and listen. And that's, that's how I was taught.
So the question is, that thing I was alluding to in the pit of my stomach, um, was the diagnosis of a physical problem, one, and then what's happened since that as, as I'm growing up here? <laughs> um, no, I didn't have a physical, that I know of medically, a medical problem. But what's happened with that is I still get it, and I acknowledge today, if I, because I've had some over eight years' experience of eating in a somewhat structured way, when I'm feeling this thing, you know, an hour after I eat that I don't normally feel on a daily basis and, and something's really up in my life and I'm feeling anxious about something or I'm needing to do my eighth step or something like that, I just know my body now much better. And I'm in much, I was so disconnected from my body. Although I was a very physical person, I was very disconnected from my body, which is interesting. But... Um, and my emotions that now as those things have integrated a little more I know that that thing is fear or anxiety and the only reason I know it was nine years ago I didn't know it and then you know I start to know it a little bit more just because I'm getting to know who I am what I feel what I think what triggers I have like conflict um, conflict rage disagreement like all those things can make me feel that thing in the pit of my stomach anxiety and they happen pretty quickly now. There's not that lag time that I had before, like, oh, I feel that thing, and I have no idea where that's from. And now, because I'm pretty up-to-date with my stuff, I, it can happen right away. So it's just by time, I think, is how I've figured that out. Yeah, cool. Um, what does my morning ritual include? Um, it includes first thing waking up, thanking God for this today. Um, then I do uh, I do a little physical stretching just to get wake my body up to be present, to have this time to to just to be very conscious, not to be you know asleep. Which thank you God, mostly today I don't have those hangovers either either with food or emotionally so much when I do my 10 step at night. But then I, uh, I say the third step prayer, the seventh step prayer, and the serenity prayer. And uh, sometimes I can get, if I'm going too fast and I didn't hear what I, you know, I didn't connect with me, then I stop and slow down. That's a good reminder for me. Then I, I have a prayer, I pray for certain people who are on my prayer list. And then I sit, I read two meditation books. Um, and I usually, there's usually something in those meditations, like the bottom, like, reminder for the day. I like to keep uh, that in mind and kind of get conscious with it because it helps me through the day. If I'm having a crazy day and I can just stop, it's a good day when I remember what was at the bottom of the meditation book, you know what I mean? Connecting, like, one hour to the other, and that can carry me through a day. Um, and then I sit quiet still for whatever time I'm, you know, allow me, maybe like ten minutes or so. And that's been a process. Um, uh, so I was sharing with someone I talked to before about uh, it initially started with, I, do not, I did not sit still well, you know. And so it started with uh, literally setting a timer for 30 seconds, sitting still, 
because I was afraid to close my eyes, thinking that all my stuff was going to catch up with me if I sat still for 30 seconds. You know, this is, and then I sat for a little longer and a little longer, and then I started observing what my head does when it just sits still. You know, it's revving, revving, revving. And so um, today it doesn't do that as much, but it still does that. And I've come to get experience, strength, and hope for people who have walked ahead of me that do this and that tell me that's normal. That's, I mean, that our heads can do that, and we just... You know, like kindly redirect, redirect, redirect. And so I redirect a lot because, you know, I'm trying to solve problems while I'm trying to sit still. So that's pretty much what I do. Mm, yeah. How do, how do I redirect from that pit in my stomach feeling to grabbing for food? My experience is the time between pit in my stomach grabbing for food when I first came here, there was no time between. And now I, there is time between. Sometimes it's 30 seconds. Sometimes it can be a half hour. Sometimes it can be, a, you know. But that's just my experience, that now there is a little window of time between that I can take some kind of action um, that we're taught here. You know, if that means pick up the phone. It just really helps me to tell the truth to another human being or another human being's answering machine. You know, because I learned something that in my head, when I keep it in my head, it's like a loop, one of those loop films, you know. It just, it just keeps going. Like there's no end to it. And so somebody taught me one time in, uh, with meditation, say, I say everything out loud before I start that I'm afraid of or worried of, or all the stuff that keeps my mind going, out loud. Like, I say everything that I can think of. And there is an actual end to that when you say it out loud. It like fascinated me that there was actually an end. But if I don't say it out loud, there is no end and I'm just constantly in my head so when that is an end I can say okay God I'm listening and I may have like a 30 second window I may have a 10 minute window you know but that's that's my experience so it just helped using using the tools hmm? that's it okay do you do the reading okay